Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, or am I? Am I sinister? Sinister Nick? Or my co-host. I am not sinister, Josh. I am Duval till I fucking die. Jaguars all the motherfucking way. That's right, baby. Your boy's team is in the playoffs. His city is on the map. You motherfuckers have to live with it. This is Josh, but we're here to talk about X-Men. I'll, I'll try to contain my my Jacksonville Duval ways for the rest of the show, but no fucking promises. What's happening, player? <laughs> Pretty good here, man. We got the prelude to the Sins of Sinister, and boy, oh boy. The Sins, they're compounding. There's um, quite a bit going on. Um, before, for the listeners, before we actually um, came on air, my girlfriend, who was in the middle of reading Immortal X-Men 10, which we're covering today, bursted in the room and said, I couldn't believe XYZ that we're going to get to today. So that's the kind of reaction I guess people are having. Yeah, she um, she was none too, too uh, thrilled with how this book ended, and I don't think anybody will be. And actually, I believe this book came out today. This might be the fastest we've reviewed a book in a long-ass time. Uh, I believe so, because when I got my books this morning, I was like, this is going to be important and we're covering a lot of sinister stuff. So you know what? Let's just try and squeeze it in. And then yeah. it worked out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. 80% sure this book came out this particular Wednesday. Yeah, true. Um, so today we'll be covering X-Men Red number 10, uh, X-Men Annual number one, and X-Men Immortal X-Men number 10. That is correct. Before we get to that, though, we have a few books being announced or being confirmed and talked about a little more books that we just had no fucking clue were coming out. And I'm yeah. going to slightly blame the new Twitter algorithm because sure. I feel like I would see like a ad for Marvel promoting a book and whatever. But instead, like I have to choose between following and everything else. And then I just miss half the stuff I want to see. It's out of control. Um, I also, I also haven't been keeping up on like the, the websites that, you know, like the, uh, adventures in poor taste or comic book resources or any, like, I haven't really been on those websites in a while, so I haven't seen what's happening. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, let's get it. So I'm just looking at one list right now. We got a, a Bishop book coming out. Did you know anything about a Bishop book? I just put it on my pre-order because I didn't know about it until today. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. It's a, I here. believe it's only a one shot, though. It, it's, it reads that way just based on this list. For yeah. I, don't, I don't know why it feels uh, I believe way. it was Bishop War College or something. War College, yeah. Yes. So um, I put that on my list. And so, and then we also have coming out in February, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Is that, is that the... And that's what's sinister. Hmm? That's a sinister tie-in. It's only three. Okay, so that's not the Anne uh, Nakati. Not, I can't I, I can't see her name right now. That's yeah, not the new about, Yeah, that's just a Storm mini. I don't know if it's a mini or if it's a ongoing, but, okay. that's a but that one's coming out in like May though, right? Like that one's yes. not. Okay, all right. So this is a separate one. So, that's, so with Sins of Sinister, just to cover our bases with this one, the new books spawning out of that, or I guess part of the tie-in with that, is Sins of Sinister, Nightcrawlers, which, in my opinion, will probably end up being like a continuation or a different version of the um, current book that I can't remember the name of right Legion now. Legion of X. Legion of X. Then we have Immoral X-Men. 
And then oh, I missed that one. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. And then um I believe Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Okay. Is the other one. Okay. Now, also, if you're looking those up on your regular pool list, for some reason, other than Storm's book, all the other ones you have to actually type it in in the search. They're not on the catalog, at least on my side. For my local store, they weren't on the catalog. I had to type in the full name and then find it. Oh god damn it! I've got my I. Ah uh, man, I'm logged out of my stupid. I don't remember <laughs> what my password is for my uh, for my comic shop, <laughs> and I'm logged out now. So uh, I'm gonna have to go back to the store. Yeah. Um. So we have those books. Then we have. I just saw an ad for. I guess depending how they go with the story, but it's a new arcade book. Mm, I think I did see something about an arcade, but, but it's like a Spider-Man one, isn't it? On the cover, it had multiple like heroes. Oh, an Avenger. I think it's an Avenger. It's an Avenger book, no? It's all said it was arcade. I think it said final level issue one. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have no. that one. Yeah. Uh, we currently have Sabretooth and the Exiles, and I am going to yeah. get the trade for Sabretooth, and maybe we can review it if we like it. I have, uh, yeah, I have all the books from the the Sabretooth mini that just came out. Oh, I only um, have the first two, I think. So I, I'm okay. just gonna buy the trade, probably. Okay, well, let me know when you get that, and then we can we can go from there. Um, but yeah, I have I have the first two issues of Sabretooth and the Exiles, but I haven't read them yet. And then for you, what's the other book that was announced that we just so, never heard about? <laughs> so never saw this one coming. Missed this one completely, which uh, before befuddles the rock if you will um <laughs> rogue and gambit number one my what? my uh, my parents are getting their own book <laughs> my ex-parents <laughs> are getting their own book uh again and uh stephanie phillips is the writer it looks like the name sounds familiar but i can't place why i know that name um but yeah coming in this fucking march <laughs> no, no fucking clue about this one. So another book I got to put on my pull list. Um, you can trust, uh, dear listeners, that uh, I will be covering that book. So um, 110%. And we also have uh, Betsy's own book. as Yeah, Captain that's Britain. right. Yeah, Betsy uh, was, I think it's just called, what, Captain, Captain um, Britain? Fuck. Britain, thank you. Captain Britain, I think. Is I think it's just called, I think it's called Betsy Bar- Bardock. Braddock. Braddock, yeah. Bet- Betsy Braddock, Captain, Captain Marvel. Okay, or Captain Britain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's another one I don't think I have on my pool list yet, and I I think that comes out pretty fucking soon. So that's one you should definitely cover. Yeah, I still need. I never even finished um, Knights of X. I need to go. I need to finish that. You too, never so. finished it. That was your book. I know, I know, but like, I just my dude, my pile has gotten so fucking high. And I basically just read the ones that we're going to cover now. And then I kind of like, oh, I'll get to the other ones later. And then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have a lot of DC books. I have a big stack of Nightwing, Superman. I have so many fucking Nightwing books. I just picked up Nightwing 100 today. And I'm like, fuck, I think I'm like at Nightwing 90 still. I think so too. Yeah. I think I'm at the, I'm still at the one where he teams up with flash. Like the one I think that might've been one of the last ones I read. It's definitely one of the last ones I remember. And it's a good book. It's just things. It's so good. It's so good. It's so, as a matter of fact, I'll take this little moment since we're talking about other books right now, there's so many great books in the market. Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky is absolutely phenomenal and possibly my favorite book on the market right now. Nice. Fantastic. Nightwing's fantastic. Superman by Tom Taylor's fantastic and it's also changing and Superman's getting his or 
the the Jonathan Kent version of Superman's getting his own separate book and Clark okay. Kent's coming back into the main continuity okay. or whatever. Um what else? Uh, both Captain America books are really, really good. I haven't I mean, read any of those. You know, back uh before we leave DC, uh I feel like the way you feel about Night or Daredevil is how I was feeling about Nightwing for a while. Like it's really good. Loki, yeah. one of my favorite books. Yeah. Um also Batgirls. Batgirls is a really fun book. I gotta start that too. Yeah, it is a really fun book. And I really like every time I get a new issue, I'm like, oh my God, thank God it's still being published. Like I keep waiting for it to just get canceled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it seems like it's too good to be true. It's just fun. It's just a fun fucking comic. Oh, also staying in DC, the um the writer of Daredevil, Chip Zdarsky, is writing the main Batman book, and that's been fantastic. Yeah, I I, I dropped it. Like I never I I didn't read it, and then I think eventually I I recently I subscribed. They were running a sale when they re, when they released the new version of DC Infinity or whatever the fuck it's called. Infinite they're, Frontier, yeah. Yeah, whatever their new one is where they're basically like, oh, the new books are going to be available in like two months now or something like that. I was like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll fucking do that. So I drop pretty much every DC book except for um, Nightwing, Batgirls, and I think Poison Ivy because I had already gotten a bunch of them. I think it's only a miniseries anyway, so yeah, I was I was getting that one. But like, yeah, I dropped all my other ones just because I'll, I'll read them in that app now, but... Yeah, as a as a huge DC fan, and especially as a huge Green Lantern fan, there hasn't been a really good Green Lantern run in a minute. So I'm waiting for that. Uh, same with The Flash I'm catching up on right now from trades. And then on the Marvel side, there's a new... Um, oh, actually, the newest issue of Miles Morales' Spider-Man. That first issue came out last month. Absolutely oh, okay. fantastic. Oh, cool. Who's doing Who's doing that one? I don't remember the name of either the artist or the writer. And I'm mentioning the artist because the art is phenomenal. Like yeah. the layout of the panels, just like I read the first issue last week and I was blown away how much I liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah like I, I put I, it on my I, pull list immediately. Yeah. I think that one's just called Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay. But that's really good. And then the current Spider-Man run is really intriguing. I'm it's, saying that. Because yeah. I'm not far enough into it yet to know if I like it. But I definitely that's kind of right by it. Yeah, um, I'm I don't know where you are, but I'm around the Norman Osborn stuff. Yeah, I think I'm on like issue four or five of the renumbering. OK, um, I'm a little. Just can you a hear this annoying. dog? Can you hear no. this dog snoring? OK, it's so loud. <laughs> uh, I'm a little boring so loudly. Right I'm now only a little behind, but like there's a big mystery when you start the storyline and it's still not answered. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of, I, I haven't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at that point too. I still have no fucking clue what, what's happening. But on top of that, um, the current writer of X-Men, uh, Gary Duggan, Dugan, Gary Duggan, yeah, Gary Duggan. Um, he's writing Iron Man. So I got the first issue. Oh, okay. And that also starts with a, you don't know what happened before, but Tony Stark is broke now. And I'm like, well, yeah. there, I think that's trope. happening. I heard that. Um, I, I I haven't read it, but I heard that's how uh the the new Fantastic Four started out too. Like, oh really? It I just started out like either. the Baxter Building was blown up, and we don't know why, or something like that. Yeah, I don't like that tactic. I'm seeing it too much. I see it in both companies, and but it's, like... it's it almost it's almost seeming like it's happening to all the Marvel books. So like, I'm wondering if it's leading to this big thing. If that's the case, I would like that. But if it's just writers having a trope to make it feel different and new i don't yeah. like that yeah because i mean from what i understand again 
haven't read the Fantastic Four run. Haven't yeah. honestly read a Fantastic Four book since X-Men and the Fantastic Four a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, I think the Fantastic Four book started out a lot like the Spider-Man one. So you remember when Spider-Man started back up, he was basically sitting in the rubble of some building or whatever. Yeah. I think it's this I think it's similar to that. And then in that new Spider-Man run too, like even Human Torch comes to him and is like, dude, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? Like he, like there was some kind of like issue between him and, and and Johnny. And I was like, all right, something's fucking going on here, man. But like like you said, if there's a reason for all these books opening like that, that's one thing. But if I'm gonna not, hope. it feels lazy. Yeah. It's I'm like, gonna I, it, honestly like okay. Two would be a coincidence, and and I don't really believe in that. But like three books now starting out, kind of like a big event happened, and we don't know what. Like that seems like maybe Marvel's kind of laying some groundwork down for for some big summer event or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I liked the first issue of Miles Morales because you can tell this is a new issue, a new number one, but like he's actually in a good place. Yeah, and like it feels like a new storyline, but not just like. It's not Miles waking up and his school has been burned down and he has yeah. no idea what to do. No, it's just like, hey, welcome to the book. This is a new episode. Check it out kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, we know why you guys are here because you love X-Men. And boy, oh boy, do we have some crazy X-Men stuff to talk about today. If we you are love X-Men. All right, so, all right, so we're recovering. But first, we will cover X-Men Annual Number 1, a book That's... I didn't get a chance to read, but Josh did. I did read it. Um, Who's ready so... for story time with Josh? <laughs> It's story time with Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> nice shirt, by the way, dear. Thank you, thank uh, dear you. listener. Our our boy Nick is is rocking his Adam Cole shirt. Welcome back, Adam Cole. And I know this isn't the wrestling podcast anymore, but Jesus fucking Christ, Jay Briscoe news for the for Jay Briscoe man for Sounds our wrestling fans who 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 may have may or may not have listened to our short lived wrestling podcast. Yeah, Jay Briscoe. That news is just fucking tragic as shit. Rough. Um, all right, so. X-Men annual number one. Um, we have, as as most annuals go, it's a standalone story uh, by a different writer and artist than the normal book. Uh, the writer here is Steve Fox. Uh, artist is Andrea DeVito. And this book uh, focuses a lot on... Um, sorry, the dog's snoring is literally bothering me. <laughs> this this uh, story focuses on Firestar. So we've seen a lot of um, since Firestar has joined the X-Men, we've seen a lot of like kind of trepidation on her part and a lot of kind of like animosity between her and the other mutants based on her time with the Avengers and the new warriors and Spider-Man and his amazing friends, I guess I basically uh, her not always being mutant and proud basically. Uh, so this was a really good backstory for her character. So the book opens with uh, Firestar in a fight with the Hellions because she was once a member of the Hellions because she was one of Emma's students. And, um, you know, she you know kind of left with a bad taste in their mouth. So it basically like she's re- she's basically like they they're mad at me that I was an Avenger, but fucking Wolverine was an Avenger. Rogue was an Avenger. Goddamn Beast was an Avenger. Like, what, what the fuck? Why? Why me? You know, what I mean, like, why am I like being singled out? Which is very solid point. Yeah. Uh, speaking of solid, Iceman comes to her rescue and be- and is like, can I beat the fuck out of some Hellions for you? 
And all the while, this is happening in the Green Lagoon. So uh, Blob is like, can you motherfuckers take this shit out of my bar? Like, I'm trying to run a respectable joint here. You know what I mean? And so they leave. Uh, the Hellions uh, stay and finish their drinks. But but um, Firestar and Iceman leave. They reconvene with the X-Men team. And basically, uh, the X-Men are looking at distress signals from around the multiverse, really. And they see there's something happening in the Philippines they should go check out. There's a a, a creature called Bi-Beast in Vancouver wreaking havoc. And, and Iceman really wants to make jokes about Bi-Beast. Um, <laughs> Mojo is calling for help in the Mojoverse because... Um, he tried to recreate uh, the X-Baby sitcom, but this time he made them zombies. And so now he's being attacked by X-Baby zombies and he, want, he wants help. And uh, they got a distress call from Florida, from Kissimmee, Florida, uh, where some Krakoan drugs have been uh, gone missing. It, and it's at a cancer ward. Probably and one I, of the call seam of comics. Hmm? Probably from one of the call seam of comics. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so Firestar is like, wait, 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 what's, what's about this cancer ward? Let, I, I, I would like to go check that out. We find, or I mean, some people probably already know I haven't kept up with Firestar over the years, but we find out, I find out that, um, throughout this issue that Firestar had cancer, basically Firestar can't, um, she's not immune to her powers. So like the radiation she gives out has gave her cancer at one point and so like the suit she has now was was made by hank pym to um that's weird (laughs) to basically yeah to basically get the radiation away from her so she doesn't get sick what i i I love and hate about that the fact that like we have a character in the marvel universe named radioactive man yeah i mean (laughs) who does not get cancer from his own stuff Listen, we got a guy who was bitten by a radioactive spider and he got spider powers. All right. Like the world is not fair. <laughs> the world is not fair. No, I would um, definitely feel that if I was her being like, I got radioactive man and a guy from a radioactive spider who I know personally. Who and I then know my powers. Who, I me. was one of his amazing fucking friends and I'm the one who gets cancer. <laughs> Iceman gets to be an Omega level mutant. Spider-Man gets everything he gets the serial deals he gets the commercial deals he's on every fucking block you can imagine and i what do i get i get cancer all right cool thanks everybody <laughs> um and so uh scott uh, at one at one point um Iceman's like oh i'll go with you because we're best friends let's go check this out in florida but scott's like no i'm gonna go with her because as he tells gene in a psychic conversation she hasn't Firestar hasn't felt very invited here. She hasn't taken a lot of initiative and she's showing some interest in this. And I want to go with her and, and help foster that and then see what's up and and make sure she feels like she's a part of this team. So the X-Men go and they fight. They literally spend the rest of this issue fighting in the Philippines, Canada, the Mojo verse. And I think they end up somewhere else too. And I forget where they end up right now, but they go through all this fighting while Cyclops and um, Firestar end up in Kissimmee, Florida, where there's like a tropical storm going on. And so they're like, oh, man, didn't expect this storm. No pun intended. They uh, they meet with the 
the the staff at the at the hospital and they're like what happened to the the drug she's like oh somebody beat up one of our our uh doctors stole his credentials broke in here stole all the drugs so they could sell them on the black market um at this point firestar tells cyclops about her ordeal with with um cancer and how she's still trying to learn to use her powers better to to you know seek out certain radioactive signals and all the different ways she can use her powers you know she's still learning that uh there's a fun little uh a fun little data page in here of a a time she met with jumbo carnation when he was making her suit for her <laughs> and at one point she's like hey i need a i need a good suit because i you know like i hank pym made this for me so that i wouldn't you know continue to get cancer in, in Jumbo Carnation, like, oh, good God, Hank made this? No, we got to get rid of this. This could go. He's like, at any point, this could come to life and take over the universe. Are you not aware? <laughs> like, it, where it was. Just... He's like, and we're not throwing it in a deep, dark hole to make sure it doesn't gain sentience and try to take over the known universe. <laughs> um, And so he's like, girl, don't worry. I got you. I'm going to make it practical. I'm going to make it cool. I'm going to make it sexy. Do not worry. Jumbo Nation has got you now. You're uh, you're side note, as I'm looking at the pictures, like these zombie X-Men babies are terrifying. They're fucking horrifying. And fucking <laughs> Alex Summer is the only one who handles it properly. He's like, guys, I'm still trying to wrestle with the fact that we just we just fought zombie babies of ourselves. <laughs> and that um, wasn't the main issue. <laughs> and it wasn't the main issue. Yeah. And so um we come to find out that the person who stole these this medicine and the person who is now making the the hurricane in Kissimmee, Florida, uh, much worse, is a a, a D list villain by the name of Whirlwind, um, who oh, is a Whirlwind. Mutant. Okay, yeah, I think he was part of the the original Marauders. He might have been. I don't honestly don't know. He I was don't... one of the bad guys in First Class, the one who didn't speak. Okay. Well, according to this data page, his major affiliations have been the Masters of Evil, the Lethal Legion, and Thunderbolts. So, um, oh, this is an Iron Man villain. This is a different. Yeah, I think at some point they mention Iron Man in here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an Iron Man villain. I'm thinking of a different. He might also be named Rowan, but yeah. Who knows, man? There's only so many names to go around. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but apparently he and Firestar have some history. She's she gets in a fight with him. She's like, what the fuck are you even doing here? He's like, oh, I came here uh, because so, some girl paid me to kill her dad, basically. Like his her dad wasn't dying fast enough. She wanted me to kill him, get the inheritance. I thought, you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to steal this cocoa medicine and make a make some more money off of it. <laughs> and so they get in a fight. Um, She and Cyclops easily you know, take him out. But before doing so, and I'm going to fill, I'm going to fill in in a minute, some of the fun bits that are happening with the other X-Men, but the, um, after Cyclops and Firestar beat whirlwind, they discover that he has a slight contingency plan and he, he has placed a bomb in the corpse of the, the person he just murdered. Um, and that person is currently being stored in, uh, the morgue of this hospital and um, Cyclops thinking there was a hurricane going on outside brought everyone to the shelter in the hospital. Um, 
And so now they're pretty close to where that bomb is going to blow off, blow up. And so um, Firestar using, you know, her powers and her ability to try to seek out radiation or seek out heat signatures. She finds where the bomb is and she diffuses it just in time. And the X-Men come to the rescue as well to help with whatever else might be happening. But she's the one who saved the day. She um, later, the X-Men gather back at the Green Lagoon. She meets back up with the Hellions and she tells them, I I know why you guys don't like me because I haven't always been around. I haven't always taken my mutant uh, powers as, as pridefully as some of the other people have. But I'm here now and I'm not going anywhere. So either, Eat a dick. either get on board or get out the fucking way. And uh, they're like, cool. Go prove yourself, X-Man. Welcome to the club. And so like, it was a nice happy ending. All uh, right. And they had, before they went to the Green Lagoon, though, Iceman's like, ooh, before we do that, we have one more team building exercise we can do with Firestar. A bunch of fucking uh, bigots in uh, Michigan found uh, some Sentinels that they've, they bought some black market Sentinels. So what could be cooler than the X-Men fighting Sentinels? So they all go and beat up a couple Sentinels for for (laughs) shits and giggles. And then they, you know, call it a day and say, cool, we're a fun team now. So really... Nothing major happened in this book other than like some really good backstory for Firestar. Yeah. Um, X baby zombies can't really, you know, I don't really want to gloss over that too much, but even they do gloss over it, but like they it just represents mean, how insane the universe is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, as Alex said, it was creepy enough when they were just little versions of us. Uh, but overall, I give it probably three solid X's. Um, it was a fun story. A lot of cameos. Miles Morales, Spider-Man appears at some point. Um, he he's like, "Hey, can I come hang out in the in the the treehouse you all got? It seems like a pretty cool place." <laughs> and um, uh, oh yeah, at one so when he jumps in, Sink like ste- like borrows his powers as he's coming in to help fight dinosaurs in Manhattan because the Savage Land is also attacking now. Sure. And um, and and Sink says. Sorry, I didn't ask before lifting your power, Spider-Man. And uh, Spider-Man responds, all is forgiven during dinosaur-related emergencies. As long as you guys let me visit your sick clubhouse you you got in the city. (laughs) And Magic responds, deal. You're much less annoying than the other one. (laughs) I didn't know Sink can steal anyone's powers. I feel like I didn't That's what I... I guess he can. I guess they don't have to be mutants. Or is this our way of saying Miles Morales is a mutant? Or Sink is evolving. Or, I mean, there's that. Sink, yeah. Sink is he's pretty old. He's, he's technically pretty old. <laughs> I mean, he borrowed Jean's powers when she was in space. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, let us not forget that. Yeah. Um, so, overall, yeah. three X's. It was a fun right. story, not relevant to the, um, the continuity of where we're at or anything, but still a fun read. All right. Um, so debating what you want to do, I don't have X Men Red ten in front of me. I grabbed issue nine by accident. Okay. So do if you want, you want to cover it? that, or I can I'll go straight to Immortal right now. Oh fuck. Yeah, I'll cover it. Just give me a second because I dropped Immortal X Men on the ground. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into fucking X Men Red because. Holy crap! This is where dear, shit gets real. <laughs> dear listeners, shit is hitting the fan now. So Al Ewing brings us back to our our friends. Uh, where we left off in X-Men Red 9 was 
Vulcan and Storm having a big showdown in the Autumn Palace. Uh, this book opens with Vulcan and Storm continuing that battle. Um, Vulcan is being very, very much like, I'm the most Omega level mutant and you're just a dumb girl and I can beat you. And your powers are nothing because I control the sun. I control all the elements and I have wiped out the weather. You have no powers here, Storm wind witch or whatever the fucking (laughs) of the storm is what he keeps calling her i think um and so while that battle is happening uh cable and his team are still stuck in what's called the world farm with uh the progenitors and a creature known as orbis stellaris or something like that uh we don't know anything about this character at first but um I, I will tell you in reading this, I started the the way that the orb character was talking was kind of weird to me. It was kind of like meek in a way and kind of like, oh no, uh, I don't know what's happening. Like at one point, the progenitors are tearing open manifold to look at, at his bot, to look at his powers, you know, like they they've opened him up to see the yeah. universe inside of him. And they they ask, um, perhaps our our master would like us to just go ahead and and destroy him. And the 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 ball responds, "No, do not, please." Like the way it's like the way it was talking is like it doesn't seem that threatening anymore. It seems kind of like like oh god, I got to get out of here or something. And also, and so, um, is that their master that they're referring to? <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, is that their master? Because, like, they don't seem like they're, like, they almost seem like it's starting to, like, they almost seem like they're mocking him at some. They're like, oh. That's one thing, yeah. <laughs> but of course, great Stellaris, you're who we meant. Like, like, oh, so who is their master then? Um, And so while that's happening, Cable, uh, one of the, um, one of the uh, Araco mutants, um, I can't think of her name right now. The one that can draw the truth, whatever. No, that her sister. Okay, I forget her name. Yeah, yeah. She, um, her her gift is to amp. I think to basically do what um Hope does and kind of amplify mutant powers. And she amplifies Cable's telekinetic powers, and he is able to siphon out the techno organic virus that these creatures were were hold that they they took from him back in uh, an earlier version of X Men Red. And we're doing uh, experiments on. And so he gets his his techno organic virus back and turns it into a big body armor suit with extra guns. And now, like, I like that part just because like, yeah, this makes sense that he's been dealing with this material his whole life. Multiple lives, technically. technically Anyone yeah. can control a mass amount of it. And I even thought for a second, is this going to be the MacGuffin they use to get out of any weird future failing stuff? It could be. I mean, they do make a point of saying, like, Cable's like, listen, I'm already pretty, my telekinesis is already pretty strong on its own. The only reason I'm not, like, thought of as, like, an incredibly strong telekinetic mutant is because I spend most of that energy fighting (laughs) off this fucking virus. Well, we've seen X-Man, the other version of him, and, like, Nate Gray became a god for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a very solid point. So, Perhaps it's something to keep an eye on in the future. And so uh, Cable is it, about to f- fight the progenitors. He uh, he punches the the 
the sphere who says, please be gentle. <laughs> like, it's like, what? What? You're not. You seemed way more threatening in issue nine than you do right now. Um, He as he's about to as Cable is fighting the progenitors now, Manifold is finally free of their of their um whatever they were doing to him. Frankly. Oh, yeah. I, I, about that real quick. Also, as another example of like another entity or character being like, you're more powerful than you look. And like, yeah, there's something about you. Yeah, that's that, something. It's not, it's not a coincidence now that so many times in this run, including Sword, people keep mentioning you are way more powerful than you know. Exactly. Yeah, and in this one, he there, um, Zen, the the one whose power is to paint the truth. She says to him, "You have to do something. You got to get us out of here." And he's like, "I I can't. I like much like Nightcrawler. I I need to see where I'm going. I or at least need to see the outside in order to yeah. do this." And then that's when um, Lactuka, I'm not really sure how to pronounce the mutant's name, but it's one of the one of the Araco mutants who sits on their quiet council. What's their yeah. council called? Shit. Anyway, the, the Great Council, I think, is what it, theirs is called. Um, who th- I'm not sure what their mutant power is, but basically they're an on they are part of the universe. Like they look like the universe. They're yes. just at one with the, their son, like whatever their power is, is basically the universe. They know everything. They're everywhere at all times. And it, that, that creature comes to manifold now. It's like, Oh, I will be your eyes. I am the universe. And he's like, Whoa, <laughs> Oh, I can do this guys. And he, he fucking like just zaps the fucking progenitors right out into space and then is like, okay, uh, now I'm going to go get Wizkid, and we're getting the fuck out of here before they blow up his ship. <laughs> before they blow up the ship, and Wizkid's like, wait, we can't take the ship with us. And motherfucker's like, dude, I am dead on my feet right now. Uh, I'm taking you. I'm not taking the whole ship. You can build a fuck another ship. And so that's what they do. While this is happening, Storm and um, Vulcan are continuing their fight. And Vulcan is just so sure he's got Storm dead to rights. He's like, I have, like I mentioned a minute ago, I've, I have blotted out the sun or like blotted out the atmosphere. Like I have turned everything around you to dust. There is no moisture left on this earth. There, this plant, there's no weather for you to manipulate, Aurora. You are fucking dead. <laughs> and so Aurora is like, oh, um, there's a tactic you forgot called rope a dope and motherfucker you the dope. And uh, she basically is, is laying in wait. And then as he's just used up all of his power and thought he's had himself a easy path to victory, much like the Los Angeles chargers thought they had themselves an easy path, <laughs> path to victory this past Saturday against the Jaguars uh, storm. <laughs> Blast him with some lightning, throws down some wind and rain, and he and he's defeated. And he's like, "Where the fuck did you get this from?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you dumb fuck." She's like, "I may be an Omega mutant, but I'm also not a conceited piece of shit." And I realized that I have equals in this in this world. I have friends, and teamwork makes the fucking dream work. And so, wrong slide. Uh, Subnor and 
I don't even know what Lotus Logos does, honestly. Yeah. Besides being a poet. Um, but the other two basically wrong slide carved out a piece of, of Mars or Araco, um, and kept it deep underground. And then uh Subinar, which is that fish-like creature, that amphibian-looking yes. creature, who basically can make oceans, filled it with an ocean, and uh I'm and um the other guy, I don't know why he can control Mysterium, but he can control Mysterium and sure. he lined it with it. I, I don't know why he does that. But really, all you need to create an atmosphere and weather is the fucking ocean. And so, yeah, she had that. And, you know, she got by with a little help from her friends. She got high with a little help from her friends. <laughs> she beat Vulcan with a little help from her friends. And so he's all mad and, and fuck. And then, um, yeah, it wasn't one on one. You're just a dumb little broad. You can't beat me without having your friends around. He's being a real fucking incel piece of shit. <laughs> and uh, uh, the dude who can control Mysterium basically wraps him up in this mis- this fucking unbreakable metal type substance and is like, all right, have fun, dude. You're in jail now. Yeah. And uh, and that's where they leave him. Which is kind of now their version of the pit, I guess. I guess. Yeah. And so while that's happening, I wouldn't put him in the regular pit. I feel like he would get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's going to even storms like he's going to get out of this eventually. eventually. We're, we're going to have to figure something out. Like. <laughs> He's this is beat. temporary. <laughs> this is a temporary. Like again, he is an omega level mutant who can who can control basically the sun. Like he's not he's not done for yet. Um, and so while this is happening, Abigail is like, "Huh? Well, this is interesting. Um, it's almost like somebody knew about what my plan was, and they kept this from me somehow. But I know all the psychic tricks. So who could fucking get to me?" Unless they got to you, Mentalo, and then you've been doing something to me, and and she figures out, oh, fucking Roberto da Costa must have paid you more money than I had because of <laughs> course he has more money, and of yeah. course that's what he did. And so Xander or Zandra, uh, Deathbird, Roberto da Costa, and some Araco mutant whose name escapes me <laughs> appear on Abigail's ship and are like, "Bitch, you're beaten." Yeah, it's time. Yeah. It's it's time to turn it in. Like you, you know, you're gonna have to face trial for what you did, right? Like you, you just tried to start a galactic war. We're gonna have to do something about this. You've killed people. You work with the enemy. You've done a lot of shit. Yeah, and so um, Abigail's like, "Bitch, you gotta catch me first. Body slide, and she's out of there using <laughs> cables technology, and she goes quote somewhere secret." Where she's met by the Fisher King, whose name yeah. I, I can't remember. And he's basically like, um, this is the end of your road. What do you think yeah. happens next? Really? And that's where we leave it with her and him. So Ooh, intriguing. Ooh, what's the Fisher King up to? Like, I trust King... him. Like, I still, I don't think it's, I, I trust, I think he's like, oh, you're about to get a world of hurt. It can like, go two ways. It can go two ways. It can go, he's going to do what no one else is going to do and take out the problem, or he's going to be on this weird path, uh, path of peace and be like, let me see if I can rehabilitate someone like this. It could be. It could be. I don't know. Because we I, still I, really know everything about this I guy. Know. 
I know. We got a little bit of information during Judgment Day, which honestly I didn't fully understand. And we don't, he allegedly has no powers, but he knew about this top secret location. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I think he does have some mutant power. Now I can't remember what it was because at some point Magneto was like, I thought you said you had no gifts. And he was like, ah, I define gifts a little differently or something. Like, <laughs> there was some kind of like weird. Uh, gotcha moment with him that it was like, oh, okay, so this is what he does, but yeah, I, I don't remember what that is now either. Because look it up. All right. I, I really, I, I, I kind of glossed over a lot of that from Judgment Day, and so we end <laughs> with a, a, a report from one Nathan Summers, aka Cable, about like what just happened, where we're at now, the where store where Sword is, Sword is being run by. Uh, oh, before we... we get to this ending, was it this book that Storm says that they get Thanos' granddad for one hour? Was that a different book? Huh. There's a book, I just can't remember when it was. I don't know if we talked about this, but I thought that was really interesting, and now I can't remember. Yeah, I, I read know. this issue last week, so I, I kind of mixing things. I don't. Together. I mean, I just read this book today, and I don't. I don't remember no? that line, but I also don't remember it from any other book too. So maybe it happened in Judgment Day, and I'm just blinking out on it now. There was something after where someone mentioned like we get him for. Oh, maybe it was the one where they were just talking about Judgment Day in the council meeting. I think maybe it was the last Immortal. But there was a book recently where they mentioned like Storm's like as of as payment back we get Thanos' granddad for one hour. Oh, interesting. I I don't I do not no. have any working. That's memory a thing. Yeah. Okay. That well, that's in, that's good to keep in the back of our minds. Um, and so in this um, in this breakdown uh, in his field report, um, Cable is like, all right, so Zen she used her her tr- her power to paint the truth of. Uh, Orbis Stellaris and the results were troubling the image files attached to this report so you can see for yourself but certain things jumped out for one there's an old world quality to the setting Edwardian Victorian polished brass telescopes a bullet in the moon's eye before cinema even was cabaret and heat rays he was sickly Zen as a gray alien. I'm rambling. This is what this is what it is to see Zen's art. And there are the playing cards scattered everywhere in the scene, in every place you look, seemingly haphazard, but forming an intricate pattern in all the same card, a black ace. And yeah. so then we go back to the world farm. Uh, the Orbis creature is saying open and, and he's opening this his his orb and he's like i need to make a new body i'm not ready to die in this thing i need something better and nathan essex is happy to deliver in spades and we open up and it's old before mr sinister yes he was like a human looking old nathan essex with a spade on his forehead not a diamond not a club as we've seen but the spade now and it's a black one and yeah, he's hooked up to these things. He's inside this this ball in in space. And is this the Nathan Essex we met that disappeared in uh the last Immortal X Men? Maybe I don't know. I don't know which one this is. But now we have what is this? Our third, the Fourth? third sinister. Three sinisters out there. 
five X's. <sighs> yes. Absolutely five X's. I texted you immediately after I read this saying you need to read this. Because I was like, it's such a left field because we're used to the sinister stuff happening in Immortal and the main X-Men line. But when you get it in a book that has nothing to do with that, and it still fucking works, is really it still unique. works. And I will, and I'm going to be honest with you. When I was reading the data page, and he started talking about the Edwardian and Victorian uh, technology that w- that was around in this painting, and 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 then the 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 same card, a black ace. I was like, oh fuck, is this going to be some sinister shit? <laughs> and then sure enough it fucking was so i i again i i was still shocked by it but i was like oh god is this gonna be it yeah, yeah. it was pretty fucking good pretty fucking good five x's absolutely loved it and it's a perfect lead into our last book our last of the prelude before the sins of sinister we have immortal x-men 10 and if you notice every immortal x-men issue is about a particular member on the council well the 10th one is about our boy xavier and a really nice cover. It's like Xavier with a cracked helmet screaming in fire. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty so nice. this book takes place immediately after he killed most of the council, the quiet council, and he's getting another Moira body ready. I guess I'm assuming if I understand this correctly, it's a blank one. So you can save this point in time. Yes. Yeah, so in the last one, his last Moira that he had was Moira six. Yes. And he didn't want to go back to Moira 5 because that was the last save point for Judgment Day. And he doesn't want to do Judgment Day again. And so he basically quickly made a new clone, Moira 7, and it's got like no nothing to it. But he's like, I, I don't care. I'm not going back to Judgment Day. I'll I'll roll with this Moira 7. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have Cable taking everyone's body to the to the eggs. And we get a lot, this whole issue is voiced over or narrated by Xavier and his point of view. And he brings up a lot of interesting points where he talks about, you're suspicious of me, and I want it that way. I'll take this burden. I'll take the brunt of this to make sure we can achieve something great. He talks about a lot about how Xavier's dream is just that, a dream. And it's looked at like that. But there's also practical stuff, and I understand the practical side. And it's a lot of different ideas in his point of view. And a few points I'm wondering, like, where this is going until near the end. So in the meantime, we get a data page talking about the five and essentially saying they're all replaceable to different degrees except hope. Without hope, things can get really catastrophic. Yeah. I'm wondering what that's going to mean for the people who've just been resurrected. Um, but eventually sync is like, I think I can do this. Let me see her body. I can connect with it, which also another flex connecting powers with the dead. That's where I was like, Jesus Christ. Like there's enough left in her mutant gene that she can like, he can still get that. Like, I mean, your cells don't die immediately. I uh, exactly like that. That that's, that's fucking crazy powerful. Yeah. So he, syncs up with everyone helps bring back everyone who just killed so hope xavier emma and um exodus well so, i think yeah he, yeah you're right he brings them all back right like he doesn't because i couldn't remember if hope comes back first and then she brings and then she she's helps bring back, back first but else. we don't really we don't see who did yeah, the, yeah that's a good basically. point yeah 
So basically, the X-Men and the Quiet Council like, hey, let's go fuck him up. Where is he? Oh, he's in one of his old hideouts that we destroyed when we were the Phoenix Five. Because Gene's like, I don't remember this hideout. Yeah, yeah, you were dead and we were the Phoenix. It's okay. So they go there and the first thing they fight is like a weird blob horde of Cyclopses. Like a weird skin it was yeah horde. it was a it was a chimera of eye boy in cyclops yeah um disgusting terrible so while they're fighting cyclops is like hey we might need uh we might need a, a little bit of help you know things are getting a, a bit hairy in the meantime xavier's talking about all the mutants and how they've all basically essentially done bad things here and there and like how they're just people and they are weapons and people should fear them to a degree and then he's that also conversation, yeah maybe this is where you're just you're heading to but like he's also talking about like i chose these mutants because they were dangerous i chose them because they had powers that i could use yeah that i could turn into basically a a a task force a, a, a a an army basically he's like did you ever wonder why i didn't pick you know x y or z mutants who like oh i can do this that or that like no i picked the ones who could shoot fucking lasers who (laughs) who had an ocean of like bobby an ocean of talent barely touched beast a mutant gift chained to the genius that exceeded mine a mutant uh warren a mutant gift married to wealth that exceeded my own uh gene was a prodigy and then his next wave he had uh, Storm, who was a thief, Kitty, who was a, a fucking hacker, uh, Wolverine, who was a black ops killer. You know what I mean? He's like, no, yeah. I picked these people for a fucking reason. Which is so genius to put this in there. Mm-hmm. Like deep down, like he see, he's always seen their potential. Now it's kind of almost justified in the sense of like they would have been dangerous without my guidance. But also, yes, I picked them for a reason kind of thing. Yeah. And then he also talks about how Eric Magneto saw the world. So before we get continue with that, they eventually catch up with Sinister. He's waiting for the new Moira to uh, fully load, and it does. And he tries to escape on a ship, and they blow up the ship, bring him down. A bunch of army guys or whatever they are come to defend Sinister, and then like Xavier just pops all their heads. Yep. So I guess they were clones or something. Yeah, I forget. He said what kind of clones they were. I forget now what they were made out of. But yeah, uh, Xavier Bob's makes very short work of them. Yeah. Um, Emma beats the shit out of Sinister a little bit. Everyone thinks this is a good thing. But also the fact that like, even as a reader, like this is too easy. Like you have that feeling like this is just wrapping up too fast. This is too easy. Yeah. So eventually they bring Sinister to court. And they judge him like, yeah, you're going to the fucking pit. Now, in the meantime, we get a little bit of something that I absolutely loved. It's Xavier talking about what he does and doesn't do and what he could do with his power. He talks about if he wanted to, it would take a little bit of work. It might take a few months, but he could tap into every single brain of every human in the world if he wanted to and just detonate it or have them slice their own throats as he details (laughs) Like, yep. you know, he's thought about this before. Um, and then we find out, hey, that button that could end the world, he already has a contingency where they would never be able to press the button. He's already gone into the heads of the president, like anyone who's ever had access 
to nuclear weapons. Yeah. He's already he's, saved the world, essentially. He's gone into their heads and basically put firewalls up that they could not detonate the buttons, even if they wanted to. Which, like, it's one of those moral questions of, like, what he did is the right thing to do. It would literally save the world. Why but didn't you he are do that for Genosha? Away. Huh? Why didn't he do that for Genosha? Maybe that's when he thought about it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe. I mean, that would be an understandable breaking point of like, you know what? I'm going to put a little button in everyone's head that they can't press the button. Yeah. Um, but also, it's that moment of, yes, objectively, what he did is right. But where is that slippery slope? Where is that you are taking free will away from people? Even a little bit, you are still taking away something from a regular person. And he talks about how, like, yeah, we should be feared if we want to act a certain way. If I decided to be a little bit more evil, everything could end. And like the more you're building up this conversation he's having with us, the reader, about, hey, if if I was a different person, like almost you should be happy I'm the one with these powers, because if it wasn't me, you'd all be fucked, essentially. So a couple of things I can. Can I just kind of read some stuff here from the end of this book? And then because I you don't get anything without the visual. So I'll leave the visual to you. But yeah. So like they have this battle, right? You had mentioned that like they they captured Sinister and they just sentenced Sinister to the pit, right? Did you get to that point? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I'm so, about to. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to step on your toes there, but they yeah. throw they throw Sinister in the pit, and the Quiet Council is walking out, and as they're leaving, uh, Destiny grabs Mystique by the arm. And says, my love, we must leave immediately. Yes. <laughs> like she's gotten some fucking premonition all of a sudden of like, oh, something's wrong and we got to go. And then we get back to the voiceover of Xavier. I'm afraid of my own capabilities because if you are not afraid of my capabilities, you are simply not thinking hard enough. That's the thing to understand. Mutants have been victims, but I am not. I am never a victim. Yeah. I choose to let them persecute me because the alter- alternative would be the death of us all. I am a martyr. So I make people suspicious of me. So they are watching me in case I turn to even shady- shadowery paths. I hope I have succeeded. I am far from a perfect person. But we should all wake up every morning and be grateful that my power and skill is not in the hands of of one who is even slightly worse than I am. Yeah. It would be a disaster. Neither species could survive. And then yep. what happens when he thinks that? Takes his helmet off and he has a fucking sinister diamond right in his head. Jesus fucking Christ. Sinister <laughs> has gotten to Xavier. <laughs> Okay, we have a lot to unpack right now. I have so many questions. Did this happen when he was just resurrected? Has this always been hidden inside him? Since we know Sinister's been playing with his genes since the 1800s of his family. I think... Okay, so my 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 initial thinking is this is a byproduct of... Um, the resurrection protocol without hope and Xavier mm-hmm. to oversee it. He, I think, I think sinister knew what would happen and he knew he had an opportunity to basically 
upload a corrupt version of Xavier, his own DNA version of Xavier into the egg before anyone would know or could do anything about it because no one knows how this shit really works except for Xavier and the five just kind of do what they're told. Go with the flow. (laughs) Yeah. So like that's what I really think happened. But I wouldn't be surprised if at any fucking point he went ahead and put some kind of basically like time bomb into Xavier's genetics. Like if I'm ever in the pit. (laughs) Yeah, because he's been, I mean, Xavier, what is this? Like the fourth time now Xavier himself has been resurrected. Yeah. Like just in Krakoa. Not, I'm not talking about the other other... multitude of times Xavier has died. (laughs) Yeah. Comedically died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's that aspect, but also we did learn in this book that they already had a backup plan to stop having to deal with Sinister's bullshit. Like Beast was very adamant about like I we had, we need another alternative because fuck him essentially, mm-hmm. and there's even a part where Exodus says like get rid of this like uh, he's not in a way he's he said not it, even like, a real mutant. said yeah, yeah he said he's not even a real mutant something like that to that yeah. uh, to that effect, and it was there's a big uh, part where where Sinister's talking about how you think you give all the credit to Xavier, to Moira, to Magneto, other people with M's. It's me. Like, he already thinks of himself as the god. Not a god. The god. He gave all of you this new land. It's his doing. And now, technically, a sinister, whatever that means, a sinister is in the pit, and the diamond is inside Xavier, who we just spent the entire issue making sure the reader understands that if he was evil, you'd all be fucked. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, now he's evil. Yeah. And, and not next just week, like, sins of not, yeah. And not just in the way that we always say Xavier's evil. Now he's legit evil. Yeah. Um, I think also that had to do something with sync. Like he knew if hope wasn't there and they tried to do it and they made that's his in, he can get yeah. back in that way. That's one thing. I think so. And, I mean, there's so many questions now of what he's going to do with this power. I guess this is going to be how he changes the whole world. But also, we still don't have all four types of Sinister. Is is this whole series going to end with there being one good Sinister who's like, I must undo the damage that (laughs) my namesake has done? I I feel like that's where it's going. Right. One decent Sinister. And it, turns out to, and it turns out to be like actually Scott Summers. <laughs> Something awful like that. Someone that doesn't know. If it was Scott Summers, I'd run in the room like my girlfriend just did when she read this issue. If it's revealed that Scott Summers is the if final it, sinister. If it, it if it's revealed, I will get a phone call from you the minute you read that, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. This is a great, great setup. I really hope they don't drop the ball in the event. Me too. Um, I have high hopes for many reasons, but also the fact that this seems like a, a controlled event. There's like two or three tie-ins and the main book, and it's going to last like three months. Yeah. That feels it, focused. It feels focused. The The thing that worries me, though, is that it, it involves Sinister and clones and time. And like it's like, oh, is it going to get too convoluted for its own good? Oh, it's every 90s trope, but so yeah. far being used well. Like I said, yeah. it's cloning, it's time travel, it's possibly alternate reality, it's space. We have space stuff going it's on. It's basically every X-Men trope in one series. 
yeah <laughs> it has the potential to use any trope at once and then like every once in a while i'm reading an x-men book and i remember oh yeah scarlet witch made the waiting room where anyone's soul can just be there oh that's right yeah so maybe like you can use that i'm assuming they're gonna use that one day to bring back magneto um yeah like, without a doubt that's gotta be it there's there's just so many i don't want to say MacGuffins, but just so many loopholes that can make an unsatisfying story, but if done right, could make an incredible fucking story. Do you think this? Do you think this sins of sinister ends with the um the end of the resurrection? Do you think the series Ooh. puts an end to that? I feel like I want to look up when the fall of X is supposed to happen. Yeah, because if that lines up, then yeah, that could yeah. be the beginning of the fall of X. Like sinister could get the last laugh. Like if anyone's gonna go down swinging. And go oh, down yeah. doing something to fuck you oh, over. Oh yeah, it's a hundred percent sinister. Oh god, sinister is scorched earth tactics one thousand percent. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I think it's a good call. This, this this could lead to the end of Krakoa, or at the very least, end of Resurrection. Because I was actually I was mentioning to my girlfriend earlier today or... that I'm a little worried about like you can't go back to X Men status quo after this time. And that's what that's where I was getting ready to go. What if this is all an elaborate road to status quo, meaning detonating one more Moira. <laughs> yes. Like because it, the Moira prime is now basically a cyborg who doesn't have her powers anymore. But mutants have gotten their powers back before. Sure. But like, and now he has any of the other more like, what if like it just resets like someone says, what happens if we just detonate all ten of them at once? Exactly, like, that could be epic. Like, and then all of this, <laughs> all of this was gone. Like all, like the fall of X is literally all the Moiras are gone, and like it just goes back to what it was. It just resets. I, I wouldn't. I mean, it all depends how you execute it, but. I would be more happy if, like, the fall of X means no more Moira, so no more reboots, and then also no more resurrection, so no more come coming back. Like that, it's a it's a good enough status quo shift. But if they went like, and we're back to the X Mansion, they're the good mutants, they're the bad mutants. Like that would feel like such a a downgrade. But imagine, like, how crazy that would be. Because it would be insane. Could, yes, you could literally start it all over. Like if you killed the last Moira, right? Yeah. And so it reset reality back to Moira being a kid, like basically back to Moira being an infant. You're basically resetting everything to like the 1960s X-Men. That because I was actually wondering earlier, like uh, Marvel itself hasn't done a reboot in a minute. I know. Like, it's not like DC where DC is like, here's the next event that's going to just rewrite everything that we feel like rewriting. Like, Marvel does that, but at smaller degrees, like X-Men. Like, that's a reboot of just that franchise or, like, whatever. And Marvel But even itself, when they do, like, this current reboot of X-Men still draws in from all yeah. the other things that have happened. Yeah. But the, oh, the the actual backlash would be huge. But oh my god, I would I would be livid, but I would yeah. also be so fucking intrigued just to see how they handle it. Like after all these years, if this is their legit way of being like, oh, we're gonna reset the entire Marvel universe. 
Yeah, that would be cool. I wouldn't that's, want just to be a. You reset. can't just do it for the X Men. That's the thing. Like because they what kind happens? of can they already have? Because Moira has been in timelines that we already know have been established, and then she said she came from that timeline. So you can just say everything for mutants is different, but not for anyone else. I don't think you can because I think when she dies in those timelines, they disappear. Yes, but sometimes like I, I have to go back and look at it, but like I'm pretty sure some of those timelines are stuff are timelines we personally know of, like eras of X-Men that we recognize. Yeah, and we recognize them because they happened, but then when she died, they reset and they just happened again though. Like Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying, saying like, like like the the base past can still happen. Yes, but, but the present what, day is different. I guess what I'm saying is like if they chose to yeah. They could use this as an opportunity to basically be like, we're bringing the entire Marvel universe back to this starting point. Oh, they, I'm sure you know someone I mean? has said that. Like, you know, we have we have a literal bomb because when you think about it, they beat Sinister. They they save the day. They still have a bunch of Moiras. They literally can't let die or everything gets erased. Kind of. Yeah. Like they have to keep them on ice. And if someone breaks it, Everything you work towards is now going to be restarted. That's dangerous. Kill, kill Moira in case of emergency. <laughs> Basically, yes. Which I also think he would have in play. That's the name of this episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. This is, a, this is easily one of the best lead-ins to an event I think we've ever had. I know. Um, I can't wait for next week for Sins of Sinister. I it's it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I'm, I'm putting a lot of hope in it. Who, who's no writing that one? Huh? Is it Karen Gillan? I think it might be. Oh, sounds right. Yeah, win me back after Judgment Day. Hmm. Yeah, win me. Yeah, I mean, he's one. I mean, he keeps winning me back writer. with just Immortal X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a he is a great writer. I mean, um, the Wicked Divine was a great book. I mean, that alone will he'll he'll always be a okay in my book from that yeah. alone. So yeah. That this is crazy, and guys, we want to hear your theories, please. Did we give it. Hit I mean, up. it's clear we gave it five X's, but I don't know. Oh if yeah, we yeah, five X's. I don't know. Yeah, um, ten X's because this is all all this is about. All these revelations are happening on issue tens. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, for this one time, ten yeah, X's, ten X's. <laughs> um, and guys, we want to hear your theories. Oh, Josh, where can they give us their theories? Well, as we mentioned earlier, neither of us are using Twitter very much, but. You can still find us. Um, I'm at Xbrarian. It's Librarian with an X. You? Where can they you can find, find you? me? At Madman three thousand five. And yeah, we want. I, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what's everyone's theories about Sins of Sinister? I'm gonna start being a little more active since I'm up to date now on X Men Twitter and ask around with people because I'm I'm curious because this is gonna be crazy right now, guys. Shit's about to hit the fan in the best way because it's one of my favorite villains of any mm-hmm. medium. Getting Truly. his own event. It's possibly is, my favorite X-Men villain getting his own event. Right honestly, now. I mean, maybe mine too. This is going to be batshit crazy. I mean, look at the twist we have in the prelude. Imagine what we're getting in the event. I mean, I, I, I cannot wait. I, I cannot wait. I'm I'm also just kind of nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, next episode is going to be a little different. We're going to be covering four episodes of the animated series four i believe that's starting at episode four 
probably. I think probably. we already did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've only done three now. So yeah, it'll yeah. be four. So we're going to do four episodes of the animated series next week. And the week after that, Sins of Sinister. That's right, baby. It's going to be great. Join us on this crazy, weird adventure. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, to tell all your friends aggressively, and give us good ratings. Thank you, guys. And, oh, and? I don't want to step on your signature sign-off. So yeah. also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to... <laughs> so until then guys wait a minute what's this on my forehead is this oh god oh no uh, guys we'll see you next time